I'm here. Thank you, my sister. You know, every time we do this, it's like we reinvent the wheel. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'm using two different things. I was getting the information off of my phone to put on my book, you know, my iPad. So Excellent. So listen, I wanted you to know, because I don't think I ever shared this with you, but the last time we did a podcast and we had a conversation, that episode so far is the most played episode in my podcast series. Because it was real. It was so real. <laughs> it was so... I'm I'm serious. I hear I hear um you know sometimes my husband has it on cuz Spotify comes up and this comes up on Spotify. Mhm. And you know he's like playing and I'm like that's us. But we sound so real. It's just it was it was real. That's all I can tell you. Woo. So hopefully we are going to we'll have another like that. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Create more magic just like that. So Mm. Again, I just want to thank you, my sister. This is my sister girl, Deb, who lives in South Carolina. And today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the moment that we find ourselves in. And so we're going to do something a little different here. So hopefully those of you who are listening will bear with us as we, we try to do something a little different to try to engage those that listen that will tell other people to listen so that the time that we find ourselves in we can mobilize and do what we need to do so i want to thank you again my sister girl for being um as usual a willing guinea pig participant in my world as i try to figure out ways to do we collaborate i collaborate with other people as we try to, to become the best versions of who we can possibly be. Cool. So what I would like to first do is share that, yes, I was probably one of not many people that I know among my friends and acquaintances who uh, took a hit. And what I mean by taking a hit is that I watched not just the Democratic National Convention, but I took the Republic. <laughs> I also watched the Republican <laughs> National Convention. And I totally get while people were not like, you know, wanting to listen, subject really themselves, you know, have that be <laughs> in their energy feel as part of their spirit, the whole nine yards. But the right. world in which I live, I say knowledge is power. And you yes. got to see and here so you know what tools you need to equip yourself. So mm. what I'm gonna do first is read something that when I Googled uh, the question, how many false, misleading or outright lies the current president had told, this is what came up. The Washington Post and or the fact check database says that as of July 13, 2020, more than 20,000 false or misleading claims had been spoken. As of, so what that translates into is on the average, Trump tells 12 lies a day. 
Mm. And so for the first 1,267 days, that translated to a total of 20,055 lies that he has told. He, his minions, but I think this deals specifically with him. So with that said, the first thing that kind of struck me as I watched the Republican convention was the first night where we had the couple who, oh, the shotgun, the shotgun couple. The yes. shotgun couple, yes, girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so that was the tone that they wanted to set. But right. let's back it up a little bit. And let's go back to like 2016, mm. where Donald Trump, when he was running for president, his message was, I alone can fix it. Okay. I know that's right. And I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for him to fix the pandemic. I'm waiting for him to fix the election because I want to see it to believe it because I have my own conspiracy theories and I want to see him fix America right now in the last 60 something days left before the election because he has done nothing up until this point oh. but create havoc and chaos. Okay, so so hold that thought. And so then From that moment on, each night became, for me, sort of a surreal exercise. Mm -hmm. Because they're trying to make you seem like, you know, your Biden's America is going to be like this. But we're talking about right now today. And this is what's happening on your watch, Donald Trump. And, you know, that's the part they want to, I don't know, dismiss because nobody's talking about 180 plus thousand people dead from Corona, which was supposed to end in April and we were supposed to go to church for Easter. Well, that's true because I think part of the strategy that they're using is um, they want people to forget that indeed mm. we are suffering. Um, mm. A how do you forget that they did not vote for a second stimulus, and people cannot pay their rent, their mortgages? You know they don't have jobs to go back to. They don't have. You know they gave billions to the rich, the top one percent, but refused to give money to the masses. It's ridiculous. And so it is. And so then we come to, for me, you know, the hypocrisy mm. that represents the Republican Party is, true is, that, true that. is mm-hmm. words cannot even express, but I'm going to try to use my voice <laughs> and, and activate okay. my throat chakra and see if I can't share a little bit mm. about some Go observations. Ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So. By the final night of the convention, Mm. we were in front of the people's house, the White Mm. House, Mm. the house that was built for free with the blood, sweat, tears, and labors of our descendants. And for those of you that are listening, I'm talking about we, those of us who were descendant from slaves who were bought here against their will. 
Okay. Yeah. So a little bit of background. There is, there is supposedly as a check in balance, something called the Hatch Act of 1939. Mm. Mm. And so what I try to do is I try to make information available and try to direct people where they can. Yes, because part of what we have to do, and it is more important now than ever, is you have to use your brain and mm-hmm. you have to do research. You have to educate. So I'm I'm just sharing. I'm just trying to point you in the right direction so you can get more information. But essentially, the Hatch Act of 1939, also known as an act to prevent pernicious political activities as a federal law which prohibits all employees in the executive branch of the federal government except the president and vice president from engaging in some forms of political activity. So essentially what we have is we have the Secretary of State, uh, Michael Pompei, using his position to communicate a political message that's a violation from, Ju- from Jerusalem, right? From Jerusalem. Was he the one from Jerusalem? Yes, he was the one from Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. we have the president, and actually, the night before the president spoke, we had the first lady Melania Trump use right. the, rose the garden, rose garden. Right. which the rose garden she took it upon herself to renovate. We could call it renovate. That's a kind way, sister, of saying what she did. But in any event, she gave a speech from the Rose Garden. Mm. So the final night, we have the White House being used as this huge political prop where Mm -hmm. the final night he has, you know, paraded his entire family out to attest Mm -hmm. to his good character to his empathy to his compassion the mm. night before we had trotted out um various people of color mm. the night before that we had engaged in um several executive orders one being where he had a naturalization ceremony which was illegal, right? With individuals, they didn't have any idea. With that's true. With individuals who, number one, I just want to point out for the listening audience, in case you didn't pick up on it, these were individuals from countries and or continents that, in the past, our president had referred to them as being quote from shithole countries. Okay. Mm-hmm. Part two of that was that at the time they were invited to the White House and that particular segment was taped, they were unaware it was going to be used during the Republican National Convention. And that again happened, um, as we since have discovered, with some um, tenants of buildings or properties in New York. Right, in New York. In New York, where again, they were unaware that their words, that they were being filmed and that it was going to be part of the Republican national convention and, and pro-trump that, don't get that twisted they they were not pro-trump and they twisted their views and their words to make it seem like they were pro-trump that is absolutely correct so 
I'm going to share a few more phrases that the president has spoken, and then we're going to get into the fun part of hopefully what we're going to do here. So uh, I believe after the death of um, George Floyd, the president stated, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Right. And so we also have, um, I forget what day this was this week, um, a legendary coach, Doc Rivers. Oh, Holtz, Lou Holtz. Well, before from we South Car- he formerly from University of South Carolina. Okay, so you want to talk about that, and then I'll talk about what Doc no, Rivers said. No, I don't said. want to talk about that because he's a, he's always been racist. He's still racist, and he's not there in South Carolina anymore. So you're talking you're talking about one of the speakers they they paraded out to attest to their personal thoughts and feelings about Trump, how he is not the person he has shown himself to be for the past four years, but this is someone they know in a, in a more intimate matter. And we should not believe what we have seen him nor his family do in the past four years, but we should believe these individuals who have been paraded before us, you know, in front of national audiences and believe like a leopard, he has changed his spots. Correct. Okay. So doc rivers, who is a coach, I want to say mm-hmm. maybe it was Friday or Thursday, mm-hmm. made the statement um, as a result of, of what had occurred at the Republican National Convention. He said right. that the Demo- excuse me, the Republicans or Donald Trump were spewing fear. We're the ones mm-hmm. getting killed and shot. We've been, um, you know, being shot. All you keep hearing about is the fear. It's amazing why we keep loving this country and it doesn't love us back. Right. Um, so for me, because I watched both of the conventions, it was kind of sort of like watching a tale of two Americas. Okay, one, mm-hmm. one America where we were trying to highlight truth, fairness, facts, justice, liberty, equality, compassion, and empathy, just to name a few of of what I saw in everyday people. These were everyday people um, that the, the Democratic National Convention, which was a virtual convention almost in its totality so there they were not you know there were no people like on some of the nights particularly the last two nights of the republican convention where melania spoke and there were i forget what the numbers were how many people had been invited to hear her speech in the rose garden where there were no masks there were no there was no social distancing and then when trump accepted the Republican nomination and there were over a thousand people. There right. were no masks. There was no social Just count two weeks. Just count two weeks. That's it. And, and we weeks. will do that. And so then the Republican Party, what, what I got from their show was that they were showcasing um, division, 
lies, nepotism, narcissism, authoritarianism, surrealism. <clears throat> and so just the other day, as, as more facts have come out about how people apparently were used, they were unaware their images, their likenesses, their words were going to be used as part of essentially the propaganda that was being perpetrated by the Republican mm -hmm. National Convention. Right. And as they came under fire for lack of social distances and their failure to wear masks, um, a White House official has been quoted as saying, everybody is going to catch this anyway. Right. That's the thought. That mm -hmm. is the thought. So, mm -hmm. you know, this from a president who has repeatedly, when asked, does he believe he has any responsibility? Nope. He has none. He has none. He has said, nope, he, he accepts no responsibility. So this led me to, I watch Michael Smirconish, who was a commentator on CNN. Mm -hmm. And yesterday he posed a couple of questions. And one of the questions he posed was whether or not the brazen lack of social distancing by the Trump administration is part of, quote, their strategy. And then he posed a second question in which he asked the viewers to answer the question whether they thought COVID-19 or which one, COVID-19 or civil unrest, which would have the greatest impact on the upcoming election. And interestingly enough, the people who responded to the survey said civil unrest. Actually, they said COVID-19. Really? I'm shocked. Okay. So now, with all that said, um, we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit. And I did a podcast on Friday the 28th. At the time I did the podcast, I did not know that Ava, significance. the significance that Ava DuVernay um, was going to be debuting on OWN, a short film in which she has called together historical events in the African-American community, which have all occurred on August the 25th. I mean, the 28th. So 28th. Gonna, mm -hmm. Thank you, sis, for correcting me. Um, just share very briefly with the audience what those events were. And you can go on Facebook. You can go to OWN Network. You may still be able to find the link if you want to view um, this for yourself. So first, there was in 1833 in England when they enacted um, what essentially was their version of the Emancipation Proclamation, which freed Black slaves in England. England, and it was the precursor to our version of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. No, Emancipation Proclamation. Emancipation Proclamation. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And then there was the um, the killing, the brutal killing of Emmett Till. Mm -hmm. Then there was the first march on Washington. 
which occurred in 1963. Mm-hmm. Then there was the the company that was founded by Barry Gordy, which became Motown. They had their first hit, Please Mr. Postman, um, sung by the Marvelettes, which that was 1961. Then we had Hurricane Katrina, 2005. Then we had uh, Barack Obama accepting the Democratic nomination for President of the United States. That was 2008. And then we had, regrettably, the death of Chadwick Boseman, who's an African-American actor who has played numerous, numerous roles uh, chronicling events in Black history, like he played James Brown, Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Thurgood Marshall. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, he was our own what? Black Panther, King T'Challa. Of Wakanda. There you go, boo. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I like to think that every day we should learn something. So one night of the Republican convention, they kept using the phrase cancel culture. <laughs> and and I didn't oh, really know. Propaganda, propaganda, propaganda. But I didn't really know what that meant. So what I decided mm-hmm. to do is to educate myself. And so I came up with these different um interpretations for what cancel culture is all right it's withdrawing support or canceling public figures and companies after they have done or said something considered objectionable or offensing in other words it's kind of like a group shaming via social media so to my understanding then if you don't roll with the president you're in this culture, cancel culture. Is that, is that? Am okay, I I'm sorry. That? There was a call that was trying to come through, which I declined. So if you could repeat what you were saying, I'm sorry. So I said, if you don't roll with the president and, and any way he seems fit, then you're part of the cancel culture. Is that not correct? Well, they were using the Republican convention as a means of, yes, communicating, I believe, a message that, mm-hmm. yes, spoke to to cancel culture. But then there was this other definition that spoke about um, it was pop culture's corrective for a sense of powerlessness that many people feel. It says the debate around cancel culture is partly about how we treat each other and partly about frustration with the lack of real consequences for powerful people. Um, So bottom line, it has been a voice for those who've had no voice. Okay. Which if you think about it, especially lately, like say, for instance, I'm going to give you an example of, Oh, I got it. Okay. So for those that are listening, I'm going to give you an example of how Trump tried to use it kind of sort of for his benefit. Okay. So Firestone, which is a Mm -mm. company that produces Mm -mm. tires. No, no, not Firestone. 
Mm-mm. Good year. Good year. Thank you. What is wrong with my sister girl? It's like my thoughts. That's why I'm here, baby. Thank you. Thank you. So good year. Yes, good year, which Mm -hmm. produces tires. Right. American company. Thank you. Had, um, it became known somehow that they had uh, issued some kind of company regulation that Mm -hmm. its employees, I believe, could not wear Make America Great hats, paraphernalia, whatever the case might be. But in fact, they thought it was okay that they could, in fact, wear other types. Black Lives Matter. Thank you, Black Lives Matter. So Mm -hmm. the president then took it upon himself to shame them, Mm -hmm. to call upon his base to Mm -hmm. boycott this Mm -hmm. company, which is interesting because all the tires on all of the presidential vehicles have what kind of tires right. on them? Good year. Okay. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. it, it's it's sort of unbelievable to me that in, in the world in which he lives and the world in which his followers live, we can all get along if we can all uh, do what he him. wants you to do. Thank there you. you go. Thank you. But if you dare dissent mm-hmm. or disagree, right. then, you know, you get canceled out. Thank you. By any means necessary. Thank you. you. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you. Thank you. So. Well, I just want to kind of give you a break because you've been talking for a minute. I have been. But I want to, you know, take it a step further and get people to vote. I want I want you to go out of your way to help somebody get their vote to the voting, you know, station or, you know, take somebody to vote that day. Um, You know, if you're able, um, help somebody to fill out their absentee ballot. You know, if they're an older person and maybe don't know how to do it, get it in the mail. We already know that the mail has been slowed significantly enough that your ballot may not get back in time. So, you know, you get it and you send it the next morning. That may be about the only way. Or, and I've been told some things, uh, I've been told that you need to put a stamp on it and then it will be first class mail with the stamp that you put on it and it will go faster. Uh, I've also been told, you know, some uh, states have the little, you know, mailboxes that are just for the ballots. And so you have to find out in your state what uh, provisions they have made for, you know, absentee ballots and, uh, and the like. Okay. So just, you know, be serious. Do you know any teenagers that are turning or have turned 18? Um, talk to them, get them to vote. This is, this is the rest of our lives. Um, if the federal judiciary gets any more radical, I don't know what kind of world we're going to have because right now the judges that have been selected by Trump are so to the left, um, 
the attorney general bar so to the left will do anything and you've seen it that the president wants so i just need everyone to vote like your life depended on it because it does yes it does because we do remember him also um in his attempt to appeal to to black people Mm. saying to us you know, voting for him, what what do you have to lose, right? Oh, oh no, don't and don't forget this one. He's done more for black people than any other president. Uh, wrong. <laughs> you know, it can be rather depressing. Um, yeah. but you know what? We are indeed living in interesting times. And so what I want to to talk about briefly is the importance of popular culture and how popular culture plays into all of this and the recent actions by um, the NBA. Okay. So I live in Orlando and that is where we have ESPN and you've heard of the so-called bubble. Right. The bubble is there. The bubble Mm -hmm. is there. That's Mm -hmm. correct. And so we had all of these generally men of color who Mm -hmm. in order to do what they love to do, which is play basketball, came to an agreement with the various teams in the league that they would allow themselves to be removed from family and friends and come to this environment where you know, everybody is getting tested regularly where, you know, it would be safe for them to play basketball. Okay. But the flip side of that is that, you know, they've been away from their family, friends. And we know during this time where people have not been able to perhaps as, as much as we have in the past, you know, people aren't able to be with family, friends. They're not able to be as social as they have been in the past because, you know, we have to engage in social distancing and, and all this other stuff. Exactly. And so that is correct, which is kind of interesting that you mean we had to have a pandemic and tell you to wash your hands. Thank you. I mean, let's Mm -hmm. get real. Can we get real America, please? Mm. But in any event, in today's Orlando Sentinel, there was um, an editorial that was written. And in the editorial, it spoke about the important role that sports has played in amplifying calls for social justice. And I'm referencing back to like the Olympics years ago. Right. When, when, you he know, the, track stars, the black, the black salute. Correct. Right. And mm-hmm. so in this article, and they made them go home without their gold medal. That, that's right. They stripped them the following day of mm-hmm. their, of their medals that they had earned because right. the thought was how dare, how dare mm. they call attention to mm. something that was going on in the United States. And what is interesting is what is going on in the United States today is what is going on throughout the world. So this is indeed a worldwide awakening, if you will. 
Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the article spoke about how in 2016. Because, just to interrupt you for a second, mm-hmm. Pam, because when the world was colonized, when, you know, it was the world was colonized. Correct. Not just America. So we had been under the foot of this forever. And and it's it's time for the reckoning. Yes, I would agree with that. And particularly in the United States where we know institutional racism exists at all levels. Mm, except for <laughs> Nikki Haley. She she doesn't know anything about racism, but she changed her name from her Indian name to Nikki Haley. That would be correct. And as one of the speakers at the Republican convention, mm-hmm. um, she Said sort of touched on no, it, no. but didn't really touch on it when she spoke about the role she had played in the removal of a divisive symbol of racism. And so because you are from South Carolina and because Mm. I know what she was speaking to and about, although she didn't plainly state it, we're going to plainly state it. That was the removal of the Confederate Confederate flag flag in the state of South Carolina, which is kind of interesting on the state house. Yes, that is correct. And because we know that the representative Congressman Clyburn, essentially it was South Carolina that that became the the wind beneath Joe Biden's wings, if yes. you will, that yes. propelled him to where we are. That and and the black women who came out in support, as yes. well as the subsequent um, him choosing Kamala Harris to be his yes. vice presidential yes. nominee. So all of these things are coming together for a reason. But in the article, which appeared in today's Sentinel, it was interesting that this columnist noted and other people have now also commented on how in the year 2016, when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, Mm -hmm. this was peaceful. This was peaceful. He took a knee to call attention to right. the injustices that were occurring in right. the United States. And he was branded as being unpatriotic. The president right. got involved. I mean, all of this hoopla, okay? Right. And so during that same time, I had the great honor of being mm-hmm. on the advisory opinion board of our local newspaper, the Orlando Sentinel. And I wrote articles about Colin Kaepernick and those that are listening, if they wish to read those articles, they can Google my full name, Pamela Bussey and Orlando Sentinel, and those articles will come up. But the article said in 2019, there were only 27 days in which a police officer didn't kill someone. Mm, mm, Let's mm. let that, let that sink in. 2019, only 27 days in which a police officer didn't kill someone. Wow. 54. Can I stop? Can I step in Yes. Because I want to talk a little bit about the militias and the nationals, the white nationals that have been entrenched in the police departments, which is evident now as in Kenosha. Yes. Let me give you my example. The little white boy 17 mama drove him across state lines ak-47 
killed two people, wounded one, walking down the street like, hey, no problem. I am, uh, you know, here because I'm, I'm taking care of this property. He didn't even know who the owners were. But, you know, this is the kind of stuff. Oh, and by the way, the police department didn't even pick him up the whole day. He walked down the street like nothing happened. Yes. They're trying to turn this around, spin it, that, oh, if the people weren't in the streets as protesting, which is our God-given right to peacefully protest. Right, our First Amendment right to do so, absolutely. It was a peaceful protest, but if they weren't there peacefully protesting, then they wouldn't have gotten killed. No. But I want you to also know his father is on the police force in Kenosha. This child is being raised to be a what? White nationalist, just like Dylan Root. Now, these, not, not everybody on the police force and not every police force, but you've got to know they are there. The white, they came to Charlottesville. They're, they came to Columbia and tried to make it seem like the Black Lives Matter protesters were the ones doing the crime. And they weren't. Right. We were, we were protesting peacefully. And they came in with water bottles filled with stuff, throwing stuff. And that's when it became... But they had little people scattered all around. I know you've heard about the persons in the in the Hawaiian shirts and you know yes. so they had it was strategic. It was strategic what yes. they were doing. That is true. And that's part of what people have to understand that there's a certain um, segment of the population that mm-hmm. while people of all races, color creeds, and religions have exercised their First Amendment rights to peaceful protest and assembly. There have been those individuals who deliberately, deliberately came came to cities where peaceful protests were being held Held. and engaged in illegal acts, looting, et cetera, et cetera. And so that, that has clearly been documented. So yes, yes, we do have these two different narratives that are playing out. And and that's going back to the theme of the Republican convention, which was that President Trump is now using what he believes to be tried and true themes of law and order in an effort to firstly, firstly, rewrite the narrative and the narrative Mm. is that what is going on is going on during his watch during his presidency but he's Mm. trying to if you will shift the blame and make it seem that if Biden and Harris are elected they are the ones that are standing for you know social unrest, dissension, divisiveness, et cetera, et cetera. I I just want to say to the, I I feel that, I understand that, but I also want to get back to voting. I really believe, and this is my theory, my conspiracy theory, people, so understand this is just Deborah's, but them pushing for Kanye West to be a candidate 
the people that vote Republican, they don't have no problem with them. But the people voting re, uh, Democratic, if you only sh you know, take off from the top a few votes from these swing states, which is what happened in 2016. Yes. Went to went to this candidate, third party candidate, Land. I think her name was Land. Uh, you know, it it nobody saw it. Nobody really, you know, they were like, oh, okay, well, all right. But it was deliberate. And that's what's that's why she lost. Okay. Correct. So if you add to that. So the you got attempts. Kanye now taking the place of land. So we have to get those votes in. And I'm still in some of these swing states, you've got to be careful about the ballot when you go in and do your voting, because those machines are going to be changed over by Russia. So again, well, my conspiracy theory. I, I'm with you, sis. And I forget the, you know, there was the Green Party nominee and then there was also a libertarian party that I think it was the libertarian um, and I don't remember the name so so don't mm -hmm. hold us to the precise name but if you google who the green party uh, candidates were and the libertarian parties those are the people who effectively siphon votes off from Hillary Clinton during the, the the most recent election we had in 2016 but I just wanted to share real quickly the rest of these statistics and then share with people that may not know what what happened subsequently to um, the professional athletes of the NBA taking a stand. So the article further says that 54% of those killed were people of color, while whites comprise 73% of our population Okay, America has 5% of the world's prison population, but 25% of the world's prison population. A recent Nielsen study indicates that more than 70% of sports fans support athlete activism and believe teams and leagues should support athlete protests and initiatives on race. 70% believe teams and leagues should develop marketing campaigns that support diversity. And 77% believe brands are more powerful when they partner with sports organizations to drive social change. So what happened is um, the, NBA playoffs are currently occurring and the Milwaukee Bucks decided to as a team to use their platform and say as a result of what had occurred in Kenosha they were not going to play I believe it was game five or four, not certain. But that action had the snowball effect of all of the teams in the NBA and other sport franchises also getting on board and saying, you know what, we're, we're not going to play any games either. So to me, this represents the power, the power 
of of athletes in sports who use their collective strength and most of the players are indeed black people and as a result as a result they were able to broker an agreement if you will where the various um NBA franchises are going to use their arenas as mm-hmm. places where people can come and vote because the other insidious part of what has been going on here has yeah, they're been closing up all the places voter the suppression voting. by closing mm-hmm. down places where especially in minority communities where either people lack transportation or whatever the case might be or in rural areas by closing right. these places down and especially during this time of the virus where people may not want to put their lives at risk in order mm-hmm. to cast a vote, which is why, you know, what they've been doing with the U.S. Postal Service, another part of their insidious plan. And it's just so mm-hmm. much going on that, you know, if, if people are not paying attention, you know, we'll be, we'll be on November the 4th asking the question, what the hell happened? What happened? What so happened? Your, your, your query or your plea for voting is is so apropos. So now what I'm going to do is now this is we're going to get to the fun part. Mm, so, 45. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the fun part for me as I was thinking about how we were going to have this conversation and what was going to be a little different and then also tie it into popular culture was to come up with names of either movies TV shows, books, or songs that either captured what has been going on during the year 2020, or in my mind, it's been really a reflection of what's been going on for the past 20 years since the year 2000. So I have my list. Do you want me to go first or do you want to shed Oh, no, go first. Okay, so I came up with these books or TV shows or movies to to capsulize my thoughts about the year 2020 or the past 20 years. A Handmaiden's Tale. Yes. Game of Thrones and their Mm -hmm. phrase, Winter is Coming. And there's more on that phrase that I'm going to share when I get through my list. Mm. Um, Pandemic. How apt is that? Pandemic. Mm-hmm. An Inconvenient Truth. Mm. Mad Max. Yeah. Contagion. Mm-hmm. The Virus. Mm-hmm. Outbreak. 12 Monkeys. Oh, yeah. Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Walking Dead. Kingdom. Oh, yeah. Hot okay. Zone. Superman Dawn of Justice. Apocalypse. Mm. Citizen Kane. A Tale okay. of Two Cities. To Kill a mm-hmm. Mockingbird, Apprentice, mm-hmm. Celebrity mm-hmm. Apprentice, The mm. Hate You Give, 13th Ooh. Amendment, and now we can add numerous Marvel movies, but particularly in honor of Chadwick, I want to add what? Black, Black Panther. Panther. Okay, that sounds good. I have a few. You, you've gotten a lot of mine. And so, but you can say them again because if we got the same ones on the list, it just means great minds think alike, but, sis. Well, no. But um, one of the ones that I feel, you know, 
um, I'm a I'm I like music, so I'm gonna give you some music titles. Okay. Win- Winter in America. Ooh. Gil Scott Heron. Okay. Um. Um. I didn't write mine down, Pam, and I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But, Whatever but, comes but to your mind and people who are listening. America, you know I'm bad, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there were some I didn't write down to, like Marvin Gaye, What's Going On. What's Going On. There yes. you go. I mean, there's yes. a whole yes. slew of yes. a black Nina Simone, any Nina Simone will do. Yes. I yes, mean, this yes. is what people have to understand the role that music has played in protests. Okay. Yes. Stevie Wonder. I mean, come on. All these people have have contributed to the backdrop of political protest. You know what I'm saying? Yes. yes. And so going back to the Game of Thrones now, I did not watch the Game of Thrones. Me either. I have no idea about Game of Thrones. However, I am familiar with the phrase winter is coming. So mm. I I Googled it and, and this is what, <clears throat> pardon me, it says, it says, winter is coming was the motto of House of Stark, one of the great houses of Westeros. The meaning behind these words is one of warning and constant vigilance. The Starks mm-hmm. being the lords of the north, they strive to always be prepared for the coming of winter, which hits their lands the hardest. And so then I found another reference. Um, it was some website called The Take. And mm. what it said is author George R.R. R. Martin, creator of the book series upon which the show is based, explains there's a deeper metaphorical meaning, okay, expressing the sentiment that dark periods occur in your life. Even if things hmm. are currently going well in your world, that represents summer, this won't last forever. No, it won't. There, exactly. The right now. <laughs> there will eventually come a dark period, a coldness, when events turn against us. That represents winter. Mm-hmm. This metaphorical interpretation reflects the underlying message of the entire show, as nobody is ever safe or comfortable for too long. Mm. I found one more for you. I'm ready. Modern Family. Ah. Mm-hmm. So people, this is the bottom line. As my sister has said, it, it is not an overstatement to say these are perilous times. Perilous. Fraught with danger for democracy, yes. for yes. for a changing, changing world. Things are not going to be the way they were pre-COVID-19. Let me say that again. Things Correct. are not going to be the same. We are faced 
with a time, a unique time, where individually and collectively we get to decide how we want to show up, how you want to show up individually in your life, show up for your family, show up for your community, how we want to show up as American citizens, how we want to show up as African-American citizens, how we want to show up as citizens of the world. This is not just a United States of America scenario, okay? This is a worldwide, how do you want to show up? How do you want to be? How do you want to, moving forward, be the change you want to see? So that means you got to do what you got to do. Everybody has a gift. We all have talents. For some of us, Deb and I, when we were younger, we did the marching, okay? (laughs) We've been there. We've done done that, okay? Yeah, that's right. At this point in my life, and no doubt at this point in Deb's life, we have other life skills and tools in the toolkit that we can use to try to share our individual and collective wisdom This podcast, Ancestral Muses, is one way I do that by talking to people I know who can bring their perspectives to bear so that we can all learn from each other and learn together about what we, the people, and and just a little side note, we both grew up in Philly, which, you know, let's get it real, city, uh, brotherly love and sisterly affection, which is where the whole democratic experiment began, okay? (laughs) With the drafting of the U.S. Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and Betsy Ross sold the first U.S. flag and Independence Mall and all that other good stuff that you can Google, you can read about the history, okay? Mm. It doesn't detract from the fact that the United States of America is a country of immigrants okay absolutely nothing but some nothing but some who came here willingly except for the native americans that would be true and that is it everybody else is immigrant that is so true and they too are finding their voice okay and they've always been politically active but well they were the last to get the right to vote they got the right to vote after black women Okay. You know, that's a quiet fact, but check it out. Well, I know you, at one point, you you did a lot of research because you did a presentation for your church. So, yes, you you have up-to-date data, and thank you for sharing that, sis. So, again, Mm -hmm. the bottom line is we can't be like sheep being led to slaughter people. No. You got to... You gotta use your brains, okay? Right. You, and get involved. Call the Biden Harris uh, campaign and see what you can do to help. You know, they may just want you to call some folks and talk, or they may want you to do some foot stuff. Whatever they want you to do, be 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 available because this is going to be the hardest election in our lifetime and in many lifetimes, okay? I agree. Because we are fighting big evil. We are. Okay. 
Wait. power in high places. Indeed. And so I just want to end on this thought that while we're fighting the good fight, we have to mm-hmm. also take time to take care yes. of ourselves, be that Absolutely. spiritually, mentally, and physically. Take time out to be quiet, to be still, to meditate, to read whatever good words, inspiration you want to read, okay? Listen mm-hmm. to music, okay? Yeah. Listen to music. If, if you're able to get out in nature, if you can walk, if you can just go sit outside, do what you have got to do so that your mind can be clear so that your spirit, your spirit will hopefully lead you to do what we need to do individually and collectively to make sure that we indeed are the change that needs to happen, not just in the United States, but in the world. So we have maybe two minutes left. So is there anything else, my good sister, girlfriend, you would like to share? I just don't want us to be the ball of confusion, which is my other song. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But I want us to know that you know, it can be a lovely day on November 3rd. Bill Withers. Go, girl. Lovely if we do the homework now. Yes. Yes. If we follow the rules, people, you must mask up. Take care of your grandmas and grandpas. Mask up. Wash your hands and social distance. We'll make it through this. Absolutely. And stay tuned as I will continue to try to to provide different perspectives. And of course, Sister Girl, it goes without saying, I love you and I, I appreciate you. you. And I thank no you for being uh, willing to share your perspectives with me and with the greater world at large. Thank you. Absolutely. Love you. Love you too. And adios. And don't forget, for those mm. that live in the United States that may get to listen to this, Tonight on ABC, commercial free, they're going to be sharing what? Oh, commercial free. Commercial free, Black sister Panther. girl. Black Panther. Ooh, Wakanda forever. I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever, my sister. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>